Flamio. My name's Pauline, and I'm the host of Hello, Podcast Here, an Avatar podcast party. Every Wednesday, I'll talk about an episode of Avatar The Last Airbender and highly overanalyze a children's animation TV show from the mid to late 2000s. So, crack open some cactus juice and let's get started. Hello, everyone. Welcome to episode 17. Episode... 17 of Hello Podcast here, Avatar Podcast Party. I'm your host, Pauline. Hope everyone's having a good week. I know my podcast is late. At this point, it's going to be late, like all the time. I'm assuming I will either upload either Wednesdays or Thursdays at this point. It's just been so busy. Uh, I have a lot of things going on outside of the podcast, like with work and uh, family stuff. So it's been a little hectic. I will probably say right now, just to be safe, next week's podcast will also be released on a Thursday. There's just so much going on. I don't even know what's going on anymore. But I have some very exciting news. Uh, A lot of changes happening to the podcast. Um, I guess I can just open up and talk a little bit about it. Uh, I've just been struggling a lot with, like, motivation for it. I love Avatar a lot. And the show has brought me so much in my life. It's brought me such great friends, you know, uh, like something that I just, I loved. I've fallen in love with, basically. And the podcast itself, if you've ever done a podcast or read up on how to do podcasts, they are a lot of work. Um, A lot more work than one person can do, I guess. Uh, There's just, there's just a lot. And um, it's hard to do by myself. It's hard to find the time, especially with, you know, other things going on in my life. And now that I've started streaming on Twitch, I'm finding that recording, like sitting down recording and then editing has just taken, taking a lot, like it takes a lot of fun out of the podcast itself. And I'm also struggling with the fact that it's not very interactive. I feel like I'm just reading like a summary out to you guys and it's just not fun when you guys could just literally go watch the show instead or go watch the episode instead. So in an effort to make it more interactive, more fun for everybody as well as myself, um, I've decided to switch it up a little bit and take the podcast to Twitch instead. So uh, my Twitch is twitch.tv slash Zuko's Bikini. I recently just became an affiliate, which is super exciting. So now I can get subs. You can you know, send bits, cheers, whatever it is. Very exciting stuff. Um, I've put a lot of work into my Twitch just because I I had a feeling that I've been, you know, I've been leaning more towards this decision for a little while now. Uh, You know, I've been doing this podcast since June, so it's been a long time now that I I think about it. But uh, Twitch is just something I, I don't know, I just, I really enjoy a lot, mainly because of the social interaction with it. Doing this podcast is really lonely. Uh, You know, I have guests every now and then, which is awesome. I love having people on here, but it's not every episode. Um, You know, not a lot of people... There's not a lot of engagement, I guess, and back and forth. And I know people have so much to say about this show. So rather than recording and setting aside time to actually record and with all of the other stuff that goes into it, I just think it might be easier to do it on Twitch where you guys can literally write in the chat what your opinions are. I can read them out. Uh, all while getting my live reaction to the episode. And I don't know, I just, I think it'll be 
easier for everybody, I think, uh, you know, to interact and to really feel as though, because I want this podcast to be for everybody, not just for myself. And like I said, it's just me talking at you guys. And I just, I, I don't like that. I'm not happy with the content that I'm producing right now. So I'm switching it up, moving it to Twitch. I'm debating on taking the video from Twitch, like downloading the, the VOD from it and taking the audio from that and then uploading it to, to a podcast that I'm still not entirely sure of yet, just because with that, I would still have to get people's, uh, like signatures on it and getting people to, well, first off, just to, to stop myself there, cause I'm getting way ahead of myself. Um, I, I want people to still come on and still talk about the episode with me. And doing so, I, I was going to use, like, Discord or something. And I have my own Discord right now. It's called the Zucchini Squad. You can find it on my Twitch channel. But if, you know, I, I if people want to come on and, you know, rather than just write in chat, if they want to come on and, and actually talk through the episode with me, I would probably do it through, through Discord. So, uh, with that, I mean, your voice is still on the Twitch, uh, and if I wanted to then upload the audio to a podcast, then your voice would also be on there, so I would still have to deal with, like, the legality stuff of that, but I will work through that. I'm still not entirely sure what I want to do, but yeah, that's what's gonna happen. I haven't fully fleshed out all of the details yet. It's gonna happen. I don't know what days exactly I want to do the watch parties. I don't want to call it a watch party. It's it's still basically going to be hello podcast year avatar podcast party, but now on Twitch. Um, thinking about doing them either like Monday nights or Thursday nights. That's when I'm typically free and when other people aren't streaming. Um, but yeah, that's what's going to happen. And I am so sorry to anybody that isn't happy with this decision. It's just something that I feel like I need to do, like, not only for you guys, just so that it's more interactive and more fun and it's better content, but it's just something I need to do with myself just because I love this show so much. I love Avatar so much. It's giving me a lot. The podcast itself and the work that goes into it is making me resent the show and I don't want to get to the point where I will never touch or, like, never watch this episode ever again or any of the episodes for that matter because of how this podcast has made me really stressed, really anxious, and just overall not happy with, like, myself and, and the, the content that I'm currently producing. So, yeah, that's really the whole reason why I'm, you know, I've been uploading a little bit later. I haven't really been active on my HPH uh, Instagram and Twitter, really. It, I've really mainly been active on Zuko's Bikini, um, just because I'm really working to build that up so that I can then do this. And I've, I've talked with, you know, some of my good friends and, uh, you know, some people from Honor Society just because I know they also do a watch party. So I, I talked it through, like, Bridget and, and Justin and they think it's, you know, it's it's a good idea. And um, just because, yes, like, they watch the episodes, but they don't really do as big of a or as much of a deep dive as, like, I would. Uh, and, and, you know, having everybody join in and me reading the chat rather than, um, you know, other things like that. So it, it's definitely going to be different than what Honor Society does. So I also want to make sure that that's out there. Like, I'm not copying them. I'm not, uh, you know, taking the Let's Watch Avatar parties away from them on Fridays. This is going to be my own thing. I'm going to make it very different. So, yeah. 
that is my spiel. And I'm, I'm hoping everybody understands what's going on. And, um, yeah, if you have any questions on that, like, please let me know. If you have any ideas for me, also let me know. But this is going into effect, um, not this podcast, not the next one, but actually Siege of the North Parts 1 and Part 2. Uh, I'm probably going to ask my friend or one of my friends to, to jump on and test it out with me because, I mean, Siege of the North is great. There's so much shit that happens in there, but this is just something that I, I want to want to test out with, with that episode, obviously, because it's so, so big and a lot of things happen and... I don't know, just a a good test run. So I'll let everybody know what's going to go on with that. And yeah, that's it. Let me know if you guys have any questions. But enough about that. Let's talk about the episode we have for this week. The Northern Air Temple. This is book one, chapter 17. First premiered November 4th, 2005. Writer was, uh, not Aaron, it's actually his wife, Elizabeth Welch E. has. Director was Dave Filoni, animation was DR Movie, and IMDb summary was a whopping 8 out of 10. Not too bad, in my opinion, not too shabby. <laughs> Aang, oh, I'm getting way too ahead of myself. The summary for this Aang discovers Earth Kingdom civilians have moved into the Northern Air Temple, something he really does not like because. The mechanist, one of the civilians currently living there, has completely destructed, like, just completely ruined the Northern Air Temple with all of his new inventions and breaking all of the Air Temple traditions, I guess. And Aang then learns that civilians are actually outcasts because their town was flooded. The mechanist is constantly threatened by the Fire Nation to provide them with war machines, which is a little heartbreaking and a low blow to Teo, his son. But with help from Aang and his friends, they fend off the Fire Nation and end up saving the temple. Very exciting stuff. Aang changes his mind about the initial disapproval that he talked about earlier about the civilians living there, and he says that they're he's glad that the these people are now making the temple their home, because if it's gonna be home for someone, it might as well be for refugees. Fun facts. First one, this episode was originally named The Gliders. Honestly, would have been okay with that that title as well. But Northern Air, Air Temple fits in. You know, we have a Southern Air Temple. We don't have an Eastern Air Temple episode, even though that's in the Guru. And I think we do have Western Air Temple when Zuko ends up, uh, you know, joining the group. Second fun fact. We see the designs for the gr- the grill, I was going to say, of the drill for the first time. You guys can see where my, my head's at. I am starving right now. But yes, the mechanist is designing the drill on his desk when Aang and Teo come in and start yelling at him right before Kin, the war minister, jumps in. Kin is also the war minister for the drill. Last fun fact. Well, it's not really a fun fact, but in the Southern Air Temple in episode three, Aang says that you can't get up an air temple unless you're like an airbender or if you have a bison. But in here... In, in this episode, we do see that the Fire Nation can get up an air temple because they just straight up walked up the hill. It did not seem too difficult for them, especially because they have tanks. But yeah, not... It doesn't have to be just an airbender. Everybody was able to get up. <laughs> Obviously, war and oppression are two big themes that we're gonna see here, but pretty typical for an Avatar episode. But yeah, let's actually get into... The Northern Air Temple.
right, so previously on Avatar showed pretty much the Southern Air Temple episode. <laughs> Just reminding us about what another Air Temple was and giving us a hint that we're gonna go to another Air Temple. So Sokka, Katara, and Aang. I just realized I never say Aang's name first. Usually I always say Sokka or Katara, but never really Aang. Or Aang, Katara, and Sokka. I don't know. Anyways, they're listening around a campfire. They're, they're listening to some stories about this guy or this grandpappy that has seen some air walkers. So anytime I hear the word walkers, I just think of The Walking Dead, where there's like walkers everywhere is what they call their zombies or game of thrones which is the white walkers which we don't talk about <laughs> i love that ang just says gravity is laughable when i literally spent so many years of my life like studying gravity so i've taken a lot of physics a lot of math and science classes gravity is literally stuck in my head and i just think it's funny that he laughs about it <laughs> Sokka does not seem too interested in any of the stories that this guy is saying until the storyteller shows up in front of him is like jingling his, his hat in front of them so that they can donate to him. But they have no money. Sokka pulls out whatever's in his pockets and all there is is dirt and a bug. Why is he carrying a bug around in his pocket? What the heck? Why is this there? But yeah, this, uh, this storyteller is quite the... The hustler, I guess. Not a hustler, really, but he is really asking for, for some money. I remember when I was in Hollywood, the one time, like, my parents had no idea that, like, people would just dress up and you can take photos with them. And I took a photo with this guy that dressed up as uh, Captain Jack Sparrow. And then before I walked away, he was, like, waving his hand, like, rubbing his hand together as if to say, give me money. And I did not realize that that was a thing. And my parents were like, oh, here's a dollar. <laughs> my parents don't understand anything like that, but neither did I. But I was also like 11. But yeah, apparently great-grandpappy saw these walkers just, you know, last week. But before this, the storyteller calls Momo a bat thing. <laughs> I think of all things Momo's been called, bat thing might be my favorite. Now they're flying on Appa. They're heading north again. They are so close to the water tribe, the northern water tribe. Oh my gosh. But they're actually heading towards the northern air temple, which is pretty close to the water tribe. Apparently, this is where they would hold sky bison polo tournaments, which are tournaments across all four of the air temples. Basically, you'd get, it's like polo, you know, you get a ball in the opponent's goal while flying on the bison which is pretty exciting. Sokka, while they're flying, is carving some wood creature. I think it's a beaver. It's something with, like, big buck teeth. I don't know. But we'll see him fashion a fish for UA later. <laughs> so now they are super close to the Northern Air Temple. They can see people floating around. From afar, it looks like a kite. Like, there's a bunch of kites floating around, but it's actually people. Very exciting. But uh, Aang says... They're not flying, they're just gliding. They don't have any spirit, from what he can tell, from that far, but it, whatever. He He's right, they're not actually airbenders, but whatever. Now we meet someone that flies super close to them. Appa freaks out, and it's Teo. So Teo, a little deep dive on Teo, he's 13 years old. He's in a wheelchair. This is the first character we see that is 
in a wheelchair, which is very exciting. Not really something you see too often in cartoons, particularly around, you know, 2005. I don't really remember seeing any other cartoon that had a kid in a wheelchair. If there was, like, South Park or something, or making fun of them. I don't know. But Teo's home village was destroyed in a flood when he was a child. And left his mother dead and him paralyzed. Very sad. Teo is voiced by Daniel Simonis, was in Wizards of Waverly Place, and iCarly. My iPad uh, autocorrected iCarly to scarily. Not it at all. Not not even close. I've actually been to Waverly Place in New York City, and it is not like Wizards of Waverly Place at all. They were nowhere near close. Whatever. (laughs) Guess that's what you get for filming in Los Angeles and pretending to be New York. So... Now Teo and Aang are having a, a flying contest. Appa is quite alarmed. They land. I guess he knows, like, a good spot to land. Maybe he was just, you know, so used to flying here a while, a while ago. Like, 100 years ago, I guess. And he still remembers. But Teo is floating around with Aang. I don't think he realizes right now that he's an actual airbender just yet. Aang shows off his air scooter, but then Teo... <laughs> Funny enough, makes Aang in the sky with some smoke. I was seeing online that some people that I follow on Twitter ship Aang and Teo together. And I've also read some fan fictions where Toph ends up with Teo, which I think is also interesting. I don't know what you guys think about that. Let me know. So, yeah, they are flying when he makes Aang in the sky. Everybody's laughing. Aang does not find it funny at all. But now that they land, they he then realizes, oh my gosh, you're the Avatar. I've heard so much about you. This is so cool. Teo is just super nice about it. You know, he obviously meant no harm in, you know, making fun of Aang in the sky or showing him up. But Aang doesn't really take this too well, I guess. I mean, he, I guess he's kind of taking it personally. I don't know. Sokka then is taking a look at Teo's wheelchair and his glider and is super impressed with this invention. And this episode alone really, uh, I would say, really starts Sokka's interest in engineering and inventions and his great ideas, especially when he's with the mechanist. I mean, he and the mechanist are, like, super tight. Like, tight bros after this. It's awesome. Yeah, they're walking around... The Northern Air Temple is now filled with, like, different pipes and gadgets. The whole infrastructure is ruined. All of the murals that, you know, air nomads probably painted by hand were ruined. And Aang is really pissed off. You know, the, instead of just relying solely on air, the Northern Air Temples now manipulated the air to help them function in today's world, I guess. And it's powered by hot air, you know, getting around. Obviously, there was a lot of tall buildings I'm sure that you would have needed airbending for, but the mechanist clearly found a way to get up and down by building elevators. Very exciting stuff. But Aang is, you know, not not too happy about all the changes. You know, we do see the Northern Air Temple again in The Legend of Korra Book 3, where it's it's back to normal basically. Like, none of the stuff is there. I think that is where the fight with Zaheer happens. I gotta rewatch. I'll get there. 
but I got to rewatch. But yeah, as far as I'm concerned, Northern Air Temple, like all of the pipes and stuff are gone in The Legend of Korra because Tenzin takes his entire family, including Kaya and Bumi, with him. And I think they're all gone. I don't know. Anyways, Aang is like super angry when the mechanist comes because he blew up, you know, a piece of the wall. I'm very surprised he's not in the Avatar state right now because clearly his whole culture is being threatened. But he, instead he just destroys one of their little um, cranes. Their, their crane, I guess. But Aang in general gets very angry when air nomad traditions are threatened or changed or neglected. You see this a lot in the Rift in the comic books. I, I understand. I mean, he's the last airbender. It's He feels as if it's his duty to rebuild his entire culture that has been wiped out. It's really on him. But I don't know. Things, things change. I, I get it. And, you know, I'm usually... I'm fine with change. It's just when it's all at once, it overwhelms me a little bit. And I'm assuming that's how he feels, especially because, you know, he he's pretty much on his own at this point, being an airbender. But... Yeah, the mechanist. So we we just met the mechanist. He is a kooky old guy with a monocle. So the red monocle on his left eye was originally supposed to be a burn mark. I think he was supposed to be looking through some gadget he was making for the Fire Nation, like a telescope or something, and it was supposed to burn him, leaving a, a permanent circular mark around his eye. But the animators ended up drawing it like a monocle, so writers had to rewrite the, the script so that it was a monocle instead of a burn. But Mechanist is, oh, I don't know how to pronounce this, voiced by Rene Auburn Junois. Oh, I'm so sorry. I don't know how to pronounce that. But unfortunately, Rene died in 2019. They also did Star Trek, MASH, Benson, a bunch of other stuff. Uh, the mechanist, like I said with Teo, uh, you know, lost his wife in the flood. Teo is his son who is paralyzed. Mechanist is not given a name besides mechanist, which I thought was interesting. I think he's like the only guy that doesn't really have a name. I mean, besides the boulder, but I mean, I'm sure the boulder has a real name. He just doesn't remember. <laughs> As his name states, he does, he's, he's a mechanic. He builds things, uh, even at his own risk. You know, he, he lost three fingers and now they're all wooden. <laughs> I would love to hear the backstory on that, but I guess we will never know. <laughs> he says that he's building upon what's already here. I thought that was a very interesting quote and I I really like that. I really like that. You, you know, people are always like, why reinvent the wheel if it's already working? Which is true, which is fine, but that doesn't mean there's room... That, that, that doesn't mean there's not room for improvement. I don't know. I just think it's always good to, you know, develop your skills and develop what's already great. You know, how can you make it better? And if it, if you can't, then leave it as is. I don't know. But while he's talking about his story about how they had to flee because their home was burned down, he lost his wife, Sokka and Katara are crying in the background. Meanwhile, Aang's like, okay, whatever, you ruined my home. Katara, <laughs> funny enough, is using Aang's robes to wipe her tears, and Aang kind of looks at her a little bit, but he's like, oh, whatever, you can you can use it. You're Katara, I love you. <laughs> oh, and the mechanist is like, oh, look at the time. 
And I always wondered this, like, how do they, how do they tell time in this show? I mean, celestial calendars, sure, but this guy has figured out a way with spark powder in the candles. So, like, as it keeps burning, it'll, like, with the notches and stuff, like, however many spark, however much, like, spark powder you put in there, it'll burst like the time so like it burst four times which means it's four o'clock i guess but in terms of like telling time in this show i don't know how they do it i know that there's celestial calendars i know that there's seasons another thing i think i mentioned this already like they don't celebrate anybody's birthday this whole show is a span of a year and we know that waterbenders are usually born in the winter time. So, I feel like we should be approaching Katara's birthday or Sokka's birthday, but I, I don't know. We know that there are birthdays because of Luten and, we you know, Leaves from the Vine, all of that shit that makes you want to cry. And Sokka fakes out the crew in Sozin's Comet, part three, where he's like, oh, attention crew, we have a very special birthday today to celebrate. It's someone's birthday. So, there are birthdays in this world, but we just don't know when everybody's birthday is. Whatever. <laughs> but yeah, so... What was I talking about? Oh, the spark powder in the candles. Really cool invention, I think. And Sokka is, like, so amazed that he's found someone that is kind of on the same wavelength as him. A little crazy, but also super smart. <laughs> uh... Yeah, Aang is now being shown the Air Temple Sanctuary by Teo. It's the same door that was in the Southern Air Temple, but he doesn't want to open it. He wants to leave it untouched because clearly, like, as as we think, as we know, you can't get in there unless you're an airbender. So he wants to leave it untouched. It's the only place in this whole temple that isn't, uh, you know, ruined in his opinion. But little does he know it has been ruined for a long time. Sokka is now exploring with the Mechanist. He's understanding more of his inventions and really bonding. And they're using lightning bugs to see because they're non-flammable. I love that. I love that idea. I think it's so smart because obviously light bulbs, are, they don't have light bulbs right now. But light bulbs are flammable. And obviously if you use a flame within your lantern, that is obviously very flammable, especially your own gas. So the lightning bugs, I think, are, are cool. So... I've heard different names for lightning bugs. Here where I live, like northeastern United States, we call them fireflies. I know there are other names for them. So if you call lightning bugs something different, let me know. For us, they usually come around like June, July, and they're really cool. If you don't know what lightning bugs are, if you've never seen them, look it up. They're really cool. Now they approach this door that holds natural gas. He stumbled upon it. I don't know what the air nomads were doing with this natural gas, but I guess they're just kind of there and they're like, oh, well, we don't need it. Let's shut this door. <laughs> I don't know. But the mechanist, unfortunately, came across it and his eyebrows blew off, but they they grew back good enough. I guess they're a bit patchy, but they grew back, which is great. But apparently there's a gas leak. Gas leaks are very dangerous, everybody. Um, yeah, if you have one... I. I I have one of those carbon monoxide detectors in my house because carbon monoxide, you can't see or smell. So 
My detector will go off anytime it detects it. Thankfully enough, it has not. <laughs> but I bought one earlier this year because I was like, oh god, we don't have one of those. We, sh we probably should. So get one of those. If only they had had that, they would understand where the, the leak was. <laughs> All right. Now Katara is learning to fly on a glider because anybody can glide this high up, I guess, because again, Northern Air Temple, all of the air temples are very high altitude. So they utilize the wind that's up there. So even though these people can airbend, they have the wind to help guide them. I wonder if they don't glide in like heavy wind or strong wind, I should say. I wouldn't because like, how would you be able to land if you weren't an airbender? I don't know. Maybe you tie yourself to the temple like a kite. Who knows? But yeah, Katara's learning how to fly. It's so cute. I like to think that after she and Aang had kids, that they taught their kids how to do this too. Like, not um, not Tenzin, obviously, because he's an airbender, but like Kaya and Bumi. I feel like this is super fun and a really fun thing for the entire family to do. So maybe... I, I don't know. I like to think that they taught their kids how to do this so that even though the kids weren't airbenders, they could still fly. I don't know. I like how Aang like runs up to the ledge so quickly when Katara falls off because he's like, oh fuck, she's falling. My love is falling to the ground. But no, she was laughing. She was screaming, but laughing at the same time and she was able to get the hang of it. But she then swallows a bug, which is really gross. <laughs> I remember uh, one skit, not skit, like one segment, I guess, that Jimmy Fallon had with... Um, with Kevin Hart, they were on a roller coaster somewhere and <laughs> a f they were going so fast and they're so high up that a bug actually hit Jimmy Fallon's head and died. And they actually got it on the camera, which is very funny. If you haven't seen that, go watch it because Kevin Hart is really short and he's just screaming the entire time. I mean, he screams all the time in general, but this was, this was funny. <laughs> The mechanist is drawing a new invention while Sokka is, like, wreaking havoc in the background. He's rummaging through everything, even though mechanist clearly said don't touch. But the mechanist is drawing a new invention, and like I said earlier, it's the drill. It is the drill for book two. So he's working on it. Kin, the ward minister that we will see later, is the guy that's on the, the drill with Azula and... May and Tai Lee, but it's there. But Sokka, like, drops one of the rotten eggs. Apparently it was supposed to be lunch from last week or, like, something that was supposed to be used for the parachute, like, war balloon experiment. I don't know. But I actually did an egg drop experiment in ninth grade, and my group was the only one to not pass because our egg cracked. We did not do a good job supporting the egg. We over we overthought it by a long shot. <laughs> I don't know. But yeah, so now they realize that the egg is rotten. If you stuff it where the, the gas is, that you'll be able to, to see where the gas is leaking because it'll smell like rotten eggs. Really smart. And that's actually like a, a real thing. Like people in science actually do that in real life. Like not with eggs per se, but um, something like that. People actually do in real life to monitor gas leaks. Really cool. 
Now we're back at the Air Temple Sanctuary and the same animations being done here to open the door. I really like it. I think it's so cool. But I love how this is like going back and forth. You know, as they're opening the door, you know, the Mechanist and Sokka are getting along and that's when the Mechanist realizes that something's wrong because the bell rings and a lot of stuff is happening. A lot of stuff. We'll see what happens after the break. We're back. Sanctuary is opening. And I expected to see, you know, the Northern Air Temple's version of, like, Avatar statues or just something resemblant of that. But that is 100% not what we come across. It's actually filled with Fire Nation weapons. Everything from axes to, um, you know, machines to the balloon experiment. Like, it's filled to the brim with Fire Nation weapons. With the Fire Nation emblem everywhere, it's probably so sickening to look at. I have no idea how the Mechanist got this open. I mean, he's a smart guy, but, like... I don't know. I thought that these doors couldn't really be fooled. At least the fire, the fire nation one wasn't fooled. I wouldn't think that this could be either. Maybe if you put like a leaf blower through the, the horns, it could open the door. I don't know. However, he got this open. Like I'm very impressed, but he, he's storing all of the fire nation weapons that he's making in here. And Teo, Teo is upset. Oh my gosh, he's he's distraught. And Mechanist comes up. He says, explain yourself right now because what the fuck is going on? So now the Mechanist is explaining him. Apparently the Fire Nation found them hiding here after a while. And basically they were going to destroy everything, including them. So they were about to get killed. And Tayo was too young to understand this. He probably doesn't even fucking remember. But... In an effort to save everybody's lives, the Mechanist said, I will make a deal with you. You spare my family and my village, and I will do whatever you want. I will lend you my intelligence. I will build things for you. I will, you know, make weapons for you. Whatever it is you need on the war front, I got it. Teo is not having this. Teo's like, your inventions are being used for murder. You're helping to murder thousands of people every day. It's, it's crazy. And I don't know if anybody's ever been to, like, the Holocaust Museum or anything like that. Um, there is a lot of history around that in which some of the... Um, some of the people that would arrive at a, a concentration camp, you know, they would... I mean, majority of the people that went in there, like, straight up just died right away. But some people's lives were spared due to some of their, like, abilities. Like, a lot of scientists were spared. Unfortunately, a lot of the scientists... A lot of the Jewish scientists were then experimenting on their fellow inmates, um, which is, it's, it's very hard to understand that 
all of this stuff actually happened and it wasn't even a hundred years ago. Do some research on the Holocaust if you haven't. I know that there are a lot of people out there that don't believe that it happened, but there are literally people that lived through it that have spoken about their experience. Like, there's so many books around it. Uh, when I was in seventh grade, we actually had a Holocaust survivor come and talk to us about her experience. And I was sitting pretty far back, like, not too far, but, like, in the middle of the auditorium. And I could still see the numbered tattoo on her arm, which is, um, it was very surreal. And there's a Holocaust museum in Washington, D.C., which is very, I don't even know how else to, to describe it. But there's, there's that. There was a museum in New York, just not too far from uh, the World Trade Center Memorial about Auschwitz. It's uh, like a traveling museum, I guess. I don't know if it's open. I don't know if you're allowed to go in. I was looking to see if there were any virtual tours just because of the pandemic going on, but I, I really wanted to go and I, I couldn't. But yeah, it's... Uh, it's I've watched a lot of documentaries and, and I learned about all of this stuff in ninth grade and like since then I just couldn't get it out of my head. I just, I am baffled that all of this stuff happened. I know I'm not, this isn't the topic of the podcast. So I'm so sorry that I'm talking about this. And if anybody is offended or like they, I don't want to say triggered, but like if you or someone you know has been affected by the Holocaust. I'm so sorry that I'm talking about this. Please feel free to skip. But I just, I strongly encourage everybody to do some research on it because I, it baffles me that there are non-believers out there. I don't know. That's just me. Anyways. Oh, shoot. I lost my, my page. Here we go. Okay. Yeah, so here's my question for everybody. Like, what's your opinion? Is the mechanist right? Like, is it okay to work for bad people to protect those that you love? Like, is this... I don't know what else to think about this. It's crazy, but... Uh... Like, what else could he have done? Like, because all of those people would have died. They would have done the same thing that they did to the actual air nomads a hundred years ago. Like, they would have... They would have just wiped them out. So, I don't know. But yeah, he's back in his office. He's testing out the war balloon. It's not working because it keeps floating and you can't stop it. Teo is really upset. He says, how can I be proud of you when you're an accomplice for murder? That hits hard. That hits deep. Like, that must hurt him so much. To hear that from his son, his only son, his only family member left, probably. All he's been trying to do is just to make Teo proud and happy like for him and it's not he doesn't feel that i don't know but now they gotta hide because uh kin is here so kin quinn i think it's kin kin is a war minister of the fire nation he is in charge of all fire nation weaponry which is why he's here visiting the mechanist to see progress on the drill and a bunch of other stuff that they've probably built but yeah we do see him in the drill He's with Azula. He's, I guess, like, second-in-command <laughs> compared to her. And we also see him on the day of Black Sun. Because <laughs> he is hiding in the bunker with Ozai. Well, he's not directly with Ozai, but he's, um... Sorry, I've been following T-Pain on Twitch because he's so funny. 
and I just got an alert that he's alive. So I'll check that out after this. But yes, we do see War Minister Kin again on Day of Black Sun. He's walking around the tunnels and Aang, Sokka, and Toph come across him and basically like threaten him where he is and where Ozai is and he gives very specific directions to it. And Aang's like, okay, thanks. And just leaves and Kin just walks off whistling as if he didn't just rat everybody out. Uh, Kin is voiced by Christopher Tabori. Christopher's been in a number other number of other voice, uh, you know, cartoons. Like he's done a lot of other voice acting work, but he hasn't really done anything since 2015. So maybe he's retired. I don't know. Anyways, Kin's there. He's saying, "Where's my shit?" Mechanus is trying to stall. Anglin comes out and just slaps Kin in the face with. <laughs> With some airbending, which is, which was very impressive. So Kin's hair is all disheveled. That's terrible for, you know, someone high-ranking in the Fire Nation. Your hair's got to be perfect. And Kin's like, you're, okay. If that's how you're going to play, we'll play. And now everyone's shitting bricks. They're making plans. How the fuck are we going to prepare for this? We're literally about to get attacked by the Fire Nation. Mechanist is like, all right. I will help out. I want to be on the right side of history now. So, sign me up. So, Teo is now like, oh, okay. Dad's doing the right thing now, which is good. <laughs> now they're talking about the war balloon. You know, they're saying, we have air power. Sure, they have firepower, but they're stuck to the ground as of right now. As of right now. <laughs> and, yeah. Sokka's like, we have air power. So, they redesigned the war balloon, put a cap on it at the top. Sokka's really vibing with the mechanists here. They are hilarious. They're like, oh, you're a genius. You're a genius. Thank you. <laughs> Basically, they put a lid at the top of the war balloon, as we will see later on in their new inventions with it. And, you know, obviously in book three. And they load everything up with different kinds of bombs. And Appa has a bunch on his saddle that Katar is then handing off to all the gliders. They have smoke, slime, firebombs, and stink bombs, which is hilarious. You know, stink will definitely drive people away. I, I, I don't know what it smells like. Probably really bad. Everybody's in their battle stations. Everybody knows what's going on. They got their cues. Appa looks ready to throw hands. I love when Appa is ready for anything, any type of battle, especially in whatever episode we just watched. I am blanking on what it's called. Not the fortune teller. Oh, Bato of the Water Tribe. That one. Yeah. So when Appa's like gearing up, you know, catching, you know, people are, are ready to fight. He's involved. I love it. I love it every time. <laughs> I also love this moment here. So everybody's getting ready to take off with their gliders. Katara actually pushes Teo's uh, wheelchair. So that he's able to go off. So I guess he does need someone to help him out with the running start. I don't think he's able to push himself fast enough so that he's able to, you know, glide and have a good jump off, I guess. So Katara actually runs and helps him and then stops right before the ledge. I also love Teo because he's able to get around the Western Air Temple as well. He really bonds with the Duke and Haru. <laughs> and I, re I remember the one episode or the one line that he had he's like oh yeah I would love to walk around or to see the rest of the temple now that my brakes are fixed like 
you've been rolling around here with broken brakes? How you how you been getting around? What the heck? I I have no idea. <laughs> but yeah, the Fire Nation, they have tanks. Uh, they're also marching up the side of the mountain. And like I said, Aang says you need a bison to get up the air temple, but clearly that's wrong. <laughs> but while they're marching up, everybody's dropping bombs on them. Aang is making some avalanches with the snow. Katara is kind of in the middle of the air, handing ammo for everybody, and they almost get caught by one of the the chain hooks or whatever you want to call it. Super crazy. That would have been terrible if Appa had gotten stuck. But yeah, the Fire Nation, they have tanks. Probably a mechanist invention because they look pretty similar to the tanks that they make for Day of Black Sun. And Aang is trying to take on all the tanks, and this is a very smart invention. You know, even if you flip the tank over, the middle console will just flip over and they'll be fine. Like, that is crazy. I love that. But apparently, the tanks are water-based so that they're able to do that whole little flippy thing. And Sokka... Sokka's still nowhere to be found, by the way. Sokka and the mechanists are like MIA. Everyone's like, where the fuck are they? They're missing their cue. Katara then gets a little bit closer to these tanks. She's doing some more freezing with her breath. She's only able to stop, like, two of the tanks, which is still good, but there's still so many coming at them. But then Appa, with this steel head and horns, goes headfirst into two of the tanks and just yeets them somewhere. I don't know where he puts them, but they're... they're out. <laughs> but how cool is this part? I love this part. It's the grand entrance of the war balloon. I love it. And I love that the Fire Nation, like, the soldiers are like, oh, awesome, we have a war balloon now. Like, don't strike it. But that, no. Like, if you knew that you got, if you, that was a war balloon and you were seeing it for just the first time, wouldn't you be like, oh, shit, we have war balloons? Oh, cool. But, like, wouldn't that register in your head that you don't? So, whatever. But they don't get shot down because they have the, the emblem on the balloon. Very smart. And they're bop, bopping doms, I was about to say, dropping bombs down on the rest of the army that's that's coming, but they did not bring enough. But Sokka, good old Sokka, he's thinking on his feet. He pulls out the console that they have, like the, the last bomb, he says, the last part of the ammo that they have, and it's basically just fire, uh, and they drop it where they smell the rotten eggs. So their tactic worked. They were able to smell rotten eggs through this little crack. So they drop the thing of fire down there and it causes a huge explosion. Yeah, they drop their fuel. That's what I wrote down. Into the leaking gas. Obviously, that's going to cause a huge explosion, which happens. And it then builds this huge gap in between the cliff and the temple. Which is very exciting because now the nation or the fire nation's retreating. They're like, fuck that. I'm out. We're gone. So they won. Woohoo. Everyone's cheering. But as everyone's cheering, you see the war balloon speeding down in the air and Sokka just yelling, we're going down. <laughs> oh God, that makes me laugh every time. I rewind it and rewatch it a lot of times and it was very funny. Uh, Aang is like, oh shit, they're about to die. He goes on his glider, doesn't take Appa, and Sokka, like, somehow makes a, a little, 
like a little rope for them with boomerang is able to catch it onto Aang's foot, which is smart. Definitely don't want that on his on his own glider. And they are able to escape and the war balloon crashes somewhere in the woods, which we will see later. Now it's time for celebration because now everybody's back. They're all safe. They're all cheering. Aang is now there and is accepting the fact that Teo, the mechanist, and their family, like their their tribe or whatever, village, I should say, they all live here now. And they prove their worth to Aang. They do have the spirit that he thought they didn't have. And he lets them stay. But who is he really to say, get the fuck out? I mean, would the Avatar really do that? I don't think so. But yeah, like I said, we will see Aang get really bothered by broken air nomad traditions in the Rift. So if you want to read more about... Uh, other traditions and Aang just flipping shit and him and Toph getting into a, a pretty big fight, read the Rift. Because that's a very interesting comic. I think I, Cole had asked me what my least favorite comic was and I did say the Rift. Because I just don't like them fighting. Aang also is very butthurt about all the changes. Which, again, I understand. You're the lost airbender. You need to protect your culture. But, like... There's, there's people living here now. Like, it, it's honestly, it's the same thing in the Rift. Like, people are living in this town that was originally, like, sacred air nomad area, I guess. Like, where they would have all their traditions. But, like, they didn't know that. Like, Aang, you were gone for a hundred years. Like, people have been living here for, like, not a long time. But, like, people have been living there. Like, they they didn't know. They didn't know that there are traditions here. But... Yeah, go read the rift. My girl Jen. Genocide. I guess we're not supposed to say genocide. We've been trying to just say Jen, but if you're part of the Honor Society family, you know Jen. She just got the legacy and the legacy of the Fire Nation books. I'm so happy that I know someone else that got them because my god, I love the I love these books so much. I'm I cry every time I look at them. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, I still haven't read the Kyoshi novels. Oh my god. I've just been so busy. But, like, maybe, like, after I transition everything to Twitch, like, I'll have time. Because it takes me, like, days to, like, edit and record and all that stuff. Mainly because I sit in front of a camera. Not a camera. I sit in front of a laptop for eight hours a day, 40 hours a week. And... It's very tiresome and I don't want to do that on the weekends. So I think that's why I've just been really procrastinating on doing the podcast and recording. So I'm hoping that after I transition to Twitch, I won't have to do a whole lot on the weekends for it. Where I will have time to read the Kyushi novels and read the 20 long list of fan fictions that I have. Because <laughs> there are so many. But fan fictions, guys... Keep sending those those requests in, or those recommendations, I should say. I will be doing those bonus episodes, but I will be doing them on Twitch now. So, uh, you won't have to be on video unless, of course, you want to be on video. Then we can we can totally do that. But, you know, Discord, I think, is safest for everybody just because it's easier to control, I guess. But if you want to hop on Zoom, we can do that too. But, yeah, if you want to be a guest on a bonus episode. Definitely reach out. Guys, I'm not even done the episode yet. Why am I talking about it as if this is over? Oh, okay. So, yeah, everybody is 
you know, saying, woohoo, like, we did it, congrats. And Mechanus is still really ashamed of himself. Like, and he probably feels so guilty because all of the inventions that he created were just used against him. Like, just now. So, I understand why he's still ashamed. Honestly, I probably would be too. And it's also because he knows what's coming. Which is, in fact, the drill. So, that look that he gives at the end of the episode is huge foreshadowing of what's to come from the Fire Nation. And we do see that in the very last scene. So, Fire Nation soldiers, after they retreated, they came across the war balloon. And War Minister Kin is like, oh, great. This is going to be the beginning of many great things for the Fire Nation. So, they take this war balloon back with them so that Kin can then do his own invention of it. And... We do see that in the Day of Black Sun, and the Mechanist sees it, and he starts to cry, because he's like, oh my fucking god, it's my own invention. They took it, and they perfected it. And they used firebending to do it, which is honestly really smart. You know, you're not using any other materials other than your bending. But, I mean, not everybody has access to firebending, whatever. But yeah, we see Sokka and Zuko use it on the way for Boiling Rock. And then they put it in the lake. <laughs> so yeah, that is the Northern Air Temple, everybody. Pretty good episode. Not my favorite. You know, there are a lot of other great episodes in <laughs> book one. So this one's not really at the top of my list. But it's still a good episode. Again, it's, it's a good episode. But yeah, next week is the Waterbending Master. We will meet Master Paku. And we'll get to see a little bit more of Katara and her bending and her throwing hands with Paku. Which is super exciting. Again, next week is going to be the last week of the podcast. Like, the actual podcast, like, recording. And then after that is going to be Siege of the North... Siege of the North, part one and part two. I'm going to do them together. And I'm going to do it live on Twitch. I won't be playing the actual video footage of it or the audio because I don't want to get sued. And I just hit affiliate. I don't want that to get taken away from me. But yeah, that's what I'm going to do. So let me know what y'all think. Let me know what you think about the mechanist actions. If you think, if you agree with it or if you don't. Whether or not he should have helped the Fire Nation or not. See you next week. Waterbending master. Woohoo. Bye. Thanks for listening in and sending me things to talk about. Write an email to hellopodcasthere at gmail.com for any questions, feedback, or things you want to hear about for future episodes. Follow me on Instagram at hellopodcasthere and on Twitter at atlapodcast. That's A-T-L-A podcast for all the latest updates. My website is coming soon. Disclaimers, I am not associated with Nickelodeon, Avatar The Lost Airbender, The Legend of Korra, or anything related to the contents discussed in this podcast. I'm not being paid to talk about or promote Avatar The Lost Airbender, I'm just a fan of the show. Hello Podcast Year, an Avatar Podcast Party is created using the Anchor app.